This season, the December, the holiday season, is, is full of excitement. Uh, most of your calendars are probably chock full. You got a lot of things happening. Um, some of your calendars look like what those 10 minutes just looked like a minute ago. There's a lot of excitement, uh, but there's a lot of energy. There's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of just the most wonderful things, am I right? <laughs> it's, that's what this season is like. You're going to be around um, people that you deeply love, and also people that uh, you do love, but you, you like you some, you laughed. Okay, you're making my point. You're making my point. Like there was one time where uh, one of my kids they they came to me. We were in one of those uh, heated moments of of dialogue, and they said, "Dad, I love you, but right now I don't like you." That's what this season will be like for some of you as well. Um, so what we're doing is this two-week mini-series called Home for the Holidays. And really today is going to focus a lot on the internal side of this conversation. Uh, it's, gonna, it's really the big idea today is about our expectations versus our reality. And we're just going to talk through some of those things because our expectations can oftentimes distort our reality. Like what we're thinking is going to happen can actually change the very way that those types of things happen. So the only way that we figured we could kick off this holiday series is with someone that is profoundly wise in the holiday season. So we decided we were going to learn from our friend today named... You can roll it. So people won't have to drive all the way out to nowhere and waste a whole Saturday... They invented them, Russ, because people forgot how to have a fun, old-fashioned family Christmas and are satisfied with scrawny, dead, overpriced trees that have no special meaning. <sighs> my toes are numb. You see, kids, this is what our forefathers did. I can't feel my leg. They walked out into the woods, they picked out that special tree, and they cut it down with their bare hands. Mom, I can't feel my hips. Clark. Yes, honey? Audrey's frozen from the waist down. Oh, that's all part of the experience, honey. There it is. Griswold family Christmas tree. Isn't it a little big? It's not big, it's just... Russ, it's going in our living room. <sighs> Look at it. Really, it's beautiful, Clark. Something else, huh, Russ? Yeah, Dad. Isn't it beaut, Audrey? She'll see it later, honey. Her eyes are frozen. Most enduring traditions of the season are best enjoyed in the warm embrace of kith and kin. <sighs> the three are the symbol of the spirit of the Griswold family Christmas. Dad, did you bring a saw? Do you think there's enough room for the angel? Oh, sure, honey. I have a little more trimming to do, but that won't be a problem. Ready? I give you the Griswold family Christmas tree. 
tap in here. Mm. Looks great. Little full, a lot of sap. Did I tell you I talked to my mother today? And? And they've decided they're coming for Christmas, too. You know, it's not too late to change our plans. No, 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 no. that's great. It's great. I think you're forgetting how difficult it's going to be having everybody in the house at the same time. Honey, they're family. They're not strangers off the street. All they do is argue. Christmas is about resolving differences and seeing through the petty problems of family life. Yeah. And it's about my mother accusing your mother of buying cheap hot dogs, and your mother accusing my mother of waxing her upper lip, and then they don't speak to Your mother to waxes other. her upper lip? She has for years. <laughs> Doesn't show. I don't know, Sparky. I just have this feeling Ellen, that it's not gonna... I want to have Christmas here in our house. It means a lot to me. All my life I've wanted to have a big family Christmas. Mm -hmm. It's just that I know how you build things up in your mind, Sparky. You set standards that no family event can ever live up to. When have I ever done that? Parties. Weddings. Bye, anniversaries. Honey. Funerals. Holidays. Vacations. Graduations. Clark, Clark had his expectations of what Christmas was going to be like. Christmas with the family, um, Christmas, just all of it. He had these expectations of what this season was going to be like. And actually, all of us have expectations. Now, some of them aren't Clark-like. Some of them are <laughs> maybe the, the, the daughter-like, you know, but... What do your expectations look like? Because the truth is, or the reality is, that we're all going to have some sort of expectations for this season. So we wanted to take two weeks and just talk about those. Today is actually extremely simple, because I'm just going to talk about three different types of expectations that, that we can have and where they lead. Um, the first one is this, though, is unrealistic expectations unrealistic expectations. So if you're a dreamer in this room, unrealistic expectations don't exist. It's like, that's not possible. You would be the, the optimist, the, the Clark Griswold. <laughs> like you are the person that is probably, or you have the, the danger or the tendency of being overly, or the hope even that this is going to be the best ever. And you build it up so much in your mind that it is going to be, and it's like, this is going to happen. This is how it's going to happen. This is what it's going to be like. Um, you know, the 30 days leading up to Christmas, every night we're going to watch a Christmas movie. We're going to have hot cocoa. We're going to have the cookies. And, and then one of those days don't happen. And it's like, oh. And the reality is, is that oftentimes for the overly optimistic, unrealistic expectation type Clark Griswold people is, Reality can't keep up with our expectations of this season or our hopes for this season. But then you have the overly pessimistic 
unrealistic expectations. Um, like I said, maybe that's The Sister or maybe there's another holiday movie like The Grinch that you would um, maybe identify a little bit more as. Um, but in your mind, it's going to be the worst Christmas ever. It's going to be the most frustrating Christmas ever. Um, getting ready to attend the parties or the gatherings or the, the family get-togethers, like before you get ready, like you're in the shower and you're already having the conversations with the people that are in your family that, and when they say this, I'm going to say this. And like, it's just, you're, you're a ticking time bomb, so to say. Usually, it isn't the worst Christmas or holiday season ever. Usually it isn't the best holiday season ever. But what happens is our expectations or our unrealistic expectations can have a huge impact on us. I was talking with a friend and I alluded to it last week, but statistics and studies are backing it up. The APA put out um, an article on this season right now and it says this, you'll see it on the screen. According to the APA, 38% of people surveyed said that their stress increased during the holiday season, which can lead to actual physical illness, depression, anxiety, and substance misuse. What's wild is talking to a friend in here, they were actually saying that it's, it's not just the overly pessimistic that experience these things. It's also the overly optimistic that experience these exact same things. It's unrealistic expectations. And the startling thing about this is other reports say that 85% of the fabrications of instances or Xmas amount of energy, of life, on 85% of things that will never actually take place. That they're not as this or that. It's not the event that's actually causing all the stress and anxiety. It's the, the mental ideas and the expectations and the hopes or the, the distrust that these things are going to take place in our life. And what that leads to is not just unrealistic expectations that have a negative impact on our holiday season, but then the next one, which is unmet expectations. Unmet expectations. That is different than unrealistic ones because unrealistic ones are things that we're hoping for or imagining or believing will take place. Unmet are the ones that never actually happen. Unmet expectations lead to disappointment, lead to letdowns. Imagine going through Seasons, and some of you, this is where you live, is that you've gotten to a spot where you, you dreamed and believed and hoped for so much and it never happened that you find yourself, even maybe right now, saying, I'm going to safeguard myself from being let down or disappointed so I simply won't expect anything. I won't expect it. I'm watching, so as, as I'm aging and... Christmas has evolved in, in the Butterfield home over time. So Christmas for me um, growing up 
was we'd get out of school, like everybody's getting out of school this Friday. You'd get out of school Friday, me, my sister, my brother, and my parents, we would get in the car, the 97 Dodge Caravan, baby. We'd get in that thing, and we would roll to Kansas City from South Dakota. And for 10 days, it was a Christmas celebration. 10 days. You'd wake up, grandma and grandpa cooked breakfast. Like, they had the expensive paper towels. I thought they were rich. Viva. You know, they, yeah, my people. <laughs> I was like, this is amazing. House smells like bacon when you wake up. And all day long for 10 days straight, they'd play games. Lunch that was before charcuterie boards were cool, we'd eat meat and cheese all day long. 10 days straight. And then we grew up. My parents aren't here, but I'm sure that they'd be comfortable with it. I'd imagine that they would expect for 10 days straight their grandkids to come to their house and celebrate for 10 days straight and eat an exorbitant amount of summer sausage and Colby Jack cheese. And what happens is one year it doesn't happen and a second year it doesn't happen and a third year and what you start doing is saying, I'm not putting any of those expectations up. The danger of having unmet expectations is that you begin to defer hope. You begin to just not expect anything and the scriptures warn us about that. Proverbs 13 says this, it says, hope it makes the heart sick, but a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. We read scriptures like that, and then we're like, so I'm supposed to hope again, but then it doesn't happen, so then we get in this tug of war of blaming. And the blaming goes from either I blame myself for having these type of expectations that are unrealistic or having these expectations that are never met, so I blame myself for doing that, or I blame the other people. I blame the other family members, friends, whatever that looks like, I blame them. Or we get to the spot where we just straight up blame God for these types of things. So it gets us to a spot that says, so what do we do? If there's unrealistic expectations, and that's, don't, I, don't wanna, I don't wanna err on that side, but also when the reality is there are going to be unmet expectations, I don't want to let that trap me and cause me to not even approach this season with joy and expectation, how do I actually engage this season with realistic expectations? What are realistic expectations? And I think it's safe to say that it's actually hard. It's hard to have realistic expectations based on things that are completely out of your control. How do I set ideas or hopes on things that I can't influence or control, which leads us to a spot where we have to begin to look at different ideas, and as Christians, we have to lean heavily into this idea that you can have realistic expectations when you are putting your expectations in something that's actually guaranteed. You think, what does that even mean? If I told you that there was a guarantee in front of you in any category of life, it would be something that you can stand on firmly. It'd be something that you say, okay, that one's safe. That, that one is safe to put my hope in. 
And as Christians, although the world around us is evolving and your family dynamics are changing and going up and down and all around, and although as you age and just different things are taking place, there are still some things that are guaranteed that you can do the, I think these are the ones that are of highest importance. Two points under how we can have realistic expectations as Christians. The first one is this. Trust that God's plan and his purpose are actually guaranteed. As a Christian, that is the basis. That is the highest importance. We trust in, we trust in the one who is truly consistent, who is reliable. Proverbs says this, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and do not lean do not lean on your own understanding. Other translations literally go to, do not lean on your own ideas. Do not lean on your own hopes. Do not lean on your own expectations. It says, in every one of your ways, in all of your ways, acknowledge God, acknowledge him, and he's going to make straight your paths. Proverbs 19 says this, many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. We can't trust in our own plans, in our own purpose, because those are fallible. The one thing that we can put all of our hope in, all of our expectations in, is the plan and the purpose of God, that's the one that is guaranteed to stand. And we start to think, well, how does that affect my holidays? <laughs> like, okay, like we were just talking about here where I actually live and then you got this. Like, that's, that's so easy to say because it's so distant. What I'm trying to bring to you today and what my hope to you is today that we would lift our eyes a little bit in the midst of this. Next week, we're going to get very practical on interacting with those that are close to us. On the love, but maybe not like. <laughs> but also on the love and like. We're gonna talk a lot around that, but we have to believe that any time that we are breathing and walking on this earth is an opportunity to embrace and to stand in the confidence of the plan and the purpose of God above every other thing. The second point, though, underneath how we can have realistic expectations as Christians is this. Believe that God uses every situation. And situations are oftentimes people. Believe that God uses every situation to shape you into, he wants, into who he wants you to be. There is a time in a believer's life as you're reading the word and your life is being transformed into the image of Christ that God begins to use other people around you to continue the sanctification process in you. And oftentimes it is the closest people to you. As a parent... And some of you are parents, some of you are not. As a parent with kids living in the house right now, I think the greatest sanctification tool in Micah's life right now is his three kids. I think they are the... This holiday season, you're probably going to be in some moments where your expectations, 
where the unmet expectations or unrealistic expectations are just people around you will challenge different parts of you. And my prayer for us going into this season or in this season right now is that we would have spiritual eyes that looks at every single situation that we're in and say, God, how can you use this to shape me into a purer reflection of you? Romans 8 says this, and we know, there's a confidence. This is uh, Paul writing, but this is just disciples speaking, disciples, followers of Christ. And this is a bold statement. They said this, and we know that for those who love God, every single thing, every single conversation at the holiday table, every single moment that we have around people, every single Christmas chaotic moment that takes place, every single time you get on Pineville Road and have to wait 30 minutes to get up Pineville Road because of the neighborhood with bright lights. It's the most wonderful time of the year. All those moments are opportunities for God to transform you. They're opportunities to set realistic expectations. They're opportunities to serve people who are less fortunate. And so many people went out yesterday and served our homeless community across the Gulf Coast. Over 200 people in the homeless community were fed, were clothed, got items. And what happened is the stories coming out of people that served was they were filled up. And you know what? The scriptures say that what you've done for the least of these, you've done for me. That's what God was saying. That's what Jesus was saying to others. What would happen if we lifted up our eyes in such a spot that said, God, would you use this season to help me reflect Jesus in a purer, a more holy, a more realistic way? Instead of looking at them, I would encourage you, some of you are like, I, I don't feel comfortable having this conversation right now. There's always going to be somebody that you're just different than. It's not that one's right or wrong, it's just you're different. And instead of looking at them and trying to change them, maybe we look at him and say, how can you change me? Help me to see them the way that you see them. And you know what? Maybe they're having to pray the same prayer towards you. I'm learning if everyone annoys you, you're the one that annoys everyone. <laughs> so what if this season we were carriers of peace? What if this season we were carriers of love? What if this season we were carriers of joy? What if this season our holidays had realistic expectations and everywhere we went, we were transformed by the person of Jesus, but we reflected the love of Jesus as well. Again, next week, we're gonna talk about how to actually do this. But today, this is the mindset. This is the idea that we have to approach this with. At the end of the day, we need to be a vessel. Like that song, New Wine. We need to be a vessel that receives the love of God and brings the love of God. And that takes, that takes breaking on our part. <laughs> and breaking is never comfortable. I've said it so many times, but comfort zones are beautiful places, but very, very rarely does anything grow there. Let's pray. God, I pray.
God, I pray that you would help us. God, that you would help us to engage this season and approach this season in a way that is so fixed on you that you are doing a work in us. So God, right now, we, God, we surrender this season to you, the season that's supposed to be all about you anyway. God, we surrender it to you. And God, we repent of making it about ourselves about our own hopes, about our own ideas, about our own dreams and joys. But God, I pray that you would be, oh, it sounds so cliche, but God, would you be the reason that we get excited or expect anything in this season? And God, the only way that that can take place is through you doing a new work inside of all of us. God, so in this moment, we just, we pray a prayer of surrender to you. God, we pray a prayer that says, God, whatever you want to do in our lives, would you do it? We're willing. We're ready. If that requires breaking, then break us. If that requires shaping us more into you, then shape us. God, whatever that takes or whatever that costs, we're willing. Because God, on the other side of transformation is true freedom true hope, true joy, true peace in our prayers that we would bring that to every home that we walk into this season.